in the not too distant future. Following the rapid succession of World Wars 3 and 4, plus the hidden horrors of secret World War 2, there's not much left. All that remains is a place where folks get together to read and discuss comic books. Sometimes they laugh, sometimes they argue, but they always record and upload their transmissions. You've found one of those transmissions today. Welcome to The Last Comic Shop. Tonight on The Last Comic Shop. Freeze, dirtbags! It's homicide! Any punks move? I got no time. Let me ask you a question. Which one do you want? Because we're going to have to stick to this. Well, I've always had a thing for blondes. Good. Because I'll take any. I got two days left. And if I can't figure this out, well then, I'm just going to quit. Next time, I tell you we're going to Mexico. We're going to Mexico. Where we open the shop up to newbies in order to help them find their way under the comic book tent. And where we keep the lights on to help the oldies level up by, you know, reading comic books and stuff. I'm the host with the most, Andy Larson, and I'm joined by Jay Scott and Chad Smith, and I hope you enjoyed our Starsky and Hutch-esque beginning, as it's all about crime comics this week, as we're covering a fantastic one. It's Reckless. By Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. I think it's one of your picks, Chad. I mean, you're a huge, huge fan of this particular duo. Read a lot of books by this group, right? Well, yeah. So they caught my attention way, way back when in a Wildstorm book called Sleeper, uh, which was super awesome. And then they started the Criminal series, which has been going on for 15, 20 years now. Uh, but they've done that, Incognito, uh, Pulp, uh, won all the awards last year. Uh, but these guys just keep working together and keep making great stuff. And and especially crime comics. I mean, I, some folks that uh, listen to our program might know Ed Brubaker's name uh, primarily because he was the author behind The Winter Soldier over there at Captain America. Uh, but if you've never read any of his crime stuff, make sure that you've, uh, you're listening to this week's episode because we're going to give you the full 411 on this particular wonderful subgenre. Of comic right. book. But don't sleep on that Captain America stuff, especially the first 25 issues. I think that's great intro to comics bookery, but they already turned that into all the movies and whatnot, so a lot of people know those stories. Yeah. But again, they, they should turn this into a movie for sure. I was just was- about to say, this is straight up Elmore Leonard Lee Child, Jack Reacher stuff, man. I, it, this isn't hasn't been optioned yet. I don't know who's sleeping on this in the, you know, movies are in worse state than we thought they were. Well, before we get into our book review this week, we're going to uh, recap some polls. Uh, As you may or may not know, and hopefully you know, uh, every Wednesday at our Twitter page, uh, at Last Comic Shop, uh, our wonderful co-host, J.A. Scott, puts out a poll, which all of our fans can vote on. Uh, And it's usually tied to that particular uh, book that we're uh, covering that week. 
And uh, we did this a couple weeks ago in which we recapped some of those poll results. And I thought it was about time that we uh, hit you up with some more. So uh, I think we've got about five weeks. Is that correct, uh, J.A., that we're going to be going through today? Yeah, we're going to go through uh, five weeks that uh, ran basically uh, May and June. Right. So uh, what was uh, that uh, first book? I think that was uh, about the time we were doing Batman Universe, right? Yes. So uh, the poll was, who is your Batman? If I'm Batman, who is your Batman? And the, the choices were Adam West, Michael Keaton, Christian Bale, and Ben Affleck. Much to the chagrin of many people like you, Andy, who were clamoring for a different Batman. That's true. Must be huge Twilight fans. <laughs> no, I wanted the Kevin Conroy, the the Batman animated series Batman. He's my Batman. He wasn't even on the list. Anyways, uh, taking home the top honor was uh, Christian Bale with thirty one percent of the vote. But as you'll notice, uh, it is also a bit of um, a canary in a coal mine on this one, showing you the uh, the the generation of people that are voting on these polls. <laughs> My personal choice was Michael Keaton on that okay. one. I guess, begrudgingly, he is Batman. <laughs> I, I got to wonder whether or not that's a relevant a, a, a recency factor. Got to play a part in that. I mean, it's, everybody, it's the Batman everybody knows, right? I, I won't lie. I voted for him, but I, I just thought, swear to me, was like one of the most chilling lines in any Batman movie. I was actually like, yeah, I buy somebody saying that in a Batman we're chilling, then some days you can't get rid of a bomb? <laughs> I knew you were going to vote for West. Get out of here. Anyways, what was our next poll? So the next one was uh, based off of our Hawkeye Freefall review, where we threw out the best second-tier Avenger. Chad had Luke Cage, I had Namor, you had the Beast, who's an X-Men, but whatever. And then uh, for a fourth pick, we had just somebody else, anybody but who we picked. Um, Chad took home the win with 50% of the vote for Luke Cage. Sweet Christmas! <laughs> uh, with the second, anybody but Namor or the Beast, who's an X-Men. <laughs> I think my favorite uh, comment from that particular one was uh, somebody uh, recommended Dr. Druid, which I was I was all about. I was like, anytime somebody throws out Dr. Druid as as a comment, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna dig that. I can I, I don't even know if he's second tier. That's like eighth tier, ninth tier. So next poll we had was uh, in honor of Ronin. We looked at best samurai film, and I really think that this was just name recognition. And the fact that probably a lot of our voting audience doesn't watch Samurai movies because uh, Seven Samurai took it easily with 67% of the vote over Zatoichi, Yojimbo, or something else. Yeah. And I know I threw out a, a something else in there. One of my favorite animes of all time, Ninja Scroll. If you've never watched Ninja Scroll before, highly recommend that particular anime. That one's real good. Saw that in college for the first time. I was like, BAM! Blew my mind. But yeah, I think I voted for you, Jimbo, anyways, because that's pretty much Fistful of Dollars, and, and, and I like that movie, too. So Next, we had uh, History of Animation, so we looked at the best mouth. Is it Mickey Mouse? Is it Mighty Mouse? Is it Jerry from Tom and Jerry? Or Pinky and the Brain, two for one? And this is where I feel that our, our generational gap really showed itself because 50% of the vote went to Pinky in the Brain. 
<laughs> Would you vote for Jan? Come on. The brain. Pinky. I won Pinky and the Brain. One is a genius and the other's insane. The theme which one's okay. which? Wasn't there some sort of theory that like Pinky that was Pinky is the genius one? one and the Brain is yes. I won't lie, I picked Mickey Mouse, but I don't think it's because I uh, I picked him because of the cartoon so much. Is I'm a real big fan of the Mickey Mouse uh, comic strip by Floyd Got Got Again, I, especially the black and white ones back from the 1930s. They're cool. They make uh, Mickey Mouse actually uh, somewhat of an interesting character. I, if you've never checked those particular books out, I think Fantagraphics put out some nice collections of the original Mickey Mouse strips. And if you like the Carl Barks, Donald Duck did the same thing for Mickey Mouse. Like he elevate, elevated the character. All right. And finally, we had best reality. Earth 616, Prime Earth, Middle Earth, or Reality Bites. <laughs> If you thought I was getting away from this particular poll without throwing out a My Sharona reference, that's like my favorite part of that Ethan Hawke movie, which got a lot of people in it. Boy, howdy. Like, isn't Ben Stiller in that movie? Ben Stiller. Winona Ryder, Ethan Hawke. Steve Zahn. Steve Zahn is the best. Saving Silverman rules. So what did everybody vote for here? I know I voted for the 616. I, you know, because I'm Yeah, a, I'm we had a lot of 616. Nobody voted for Prime Earth. We had some Hobbits, we had some My Sharonas. The thing is, this is all a trick vote, a trick poll because all of it exists within the Tommy Westfall universe. <laughs> <laughs> the LA Law or what what show was he? Saying Elsewhere. Ah, I wonder if we exist in that universe too, as the fictional characters here on the on the last comic shop. Do we do we exist in his mind? Are we in that snow globe? Is, was it a snow globe? Dallas and what all was in there? Everything. <laughs> Homicide, life on the street, uh, Law and Order, Mash. I think it's every uh, Cheers, every show. Uh, it ties. It. It's a great theory. If you don't know it, look it up. Google it. The Tommy Westfall universe. <laughs> I mean, I, I think Google's about to explode because I, I'm sure there's a lot of people that have heard of it, but even I don't know all the facts. But see, that's what we do on The Last Comic Shop. We give you awesome things that you can take a look at, at on the internet. And make sure that you check us out on the internet every single Wednesday for our fantastic polls. Again, you go over to our Twitter page, at Last Comic Shop, and J.A., like clockwork, he'll put out a poll and again, it, it usually uh, involves that particular book that we're reviewing that week. So uh, it's also an excuse to listen to the podcast if you haven't listened to it that week. Uh, after these commercial breaks, we'll finally get into our read pile review for this week. Again, it is Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips' Reckless. It even has a movie title. So awesome. We'll be right back. Hey everyone, Brian Thomas here from the former The Batman vs. James Bond show and the upcoming The Night Cave show. Do you like noir, black and white gritty murder mysteries? Do you like crime stories or even pulp comics? Then you're going to love Nick Palatichuk's debut graphic novel entitled The Greenway. It's 1968, and Butch Schultz, a black market merchant, finds that his friend has been murdered in a mansion in St. Paul. Now he is out looking for who did it while the city's best detectives are on the case. Nick's graphic novel is already getting rave reviews, let me tell you. Zero Supervision Comics Podcast says a dark, intriguing story that makes you want to know more. The Glenn Thinks Stuff Podcast says it's explosive, captivating, and alluring. And actor Kyle Hester from The Chair, Zombie with a Shotgun, and Preacher Six says 
Can't wait for this book. You got to get on this. Order your copy today at Indie Planet, A New World of Comics. That's www.indieplanet.com. Hard copies, digital copies are available, and now digital copies are only $5. That's where I said it, just $5. So make sure you order yours today. All right, we're back with more of The Last Comic Shop, and it is now time for our Read Pile Review. And as always, we cover awesome comic books that you should pick up at your local comic book shop, and this one is no different. Boy, I'll tell you this much, I loved it. It was a page-turner. It was reckless. Reckless! Wow, 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 Reckless! Okay, so Reckless is... Uh, one of Chad's favorites, Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. Ed Brubaker doing the writing, Sean Phillips with the art, with colors by uh, Sean Phillips' son, Jacob Phillips, neither of which related to John Phillips of the Mama and the Papas. Just want to wow. put that out there. Wow, I thought you were going to go Wilson Phillips. Hold on for one more day. Who I is related. Who That's is related true. to that John Phillips. I don't yeah. care. That song comes on the radio. I'm listening to it. I'm just going to say that. I love uh, it. This, uh, this was released uh, in December of 2020, so relatively recently as an original graphic novel by Image. And you can pick it up uh, wherever you buy your fine comic books and other accessories. Oh, oh I like that. <laughs> what kind of accessories? Well, in this case, in this case... Um, Mirrored sunglasses, a leather belt, and perhaps uh, one or two films by Joe Don Baker. Oh. <laughs> I was going to hope you were going to say a hatchet, because a hatchet plays a real important part. All oh, right, yes. He's a hatchet man. This, uh, I won't lie, that uh, I have not read much Ed Brubaker, Sean Phillips, even though they have a vast comic library out there of, of other books that are, again, in, in this crime genre of, of the comic book medium. Uh, and I, I basically wanted to read it this week because Chad has been such a diehard fan that when I was like, man, I like the cover. It looks like kind of like <laughs> one of those awesome, like, 70s grindhouse movie uh posters uh or like those awesome paperback novels that i would love to pick up at like you know use bookstores and stuff and chad's like oh my god we're gonna read some ed brubaker and sean phillips yes well no so they are a very specific itch but they are so good at what they do and i'm guilty of i i followed brubaker you know when he was writing cap was where i really took notice and then when he started doing these crime books, I'm like, yeah, okay. And that's not normally a genre that I, I dive into. But based on Brubaker's name alone, I picked it up and I was like, this is really good. And then they just kept very quietly, like, chugging along, doing what they do. And Brubaker and Phillips, they're just masters at this. And then uh, this one, The Reckless, uh, was a little bit different. With the criminal stuff, if you can get a hold of the issues, they pack the issues full with all kinds of stuff that doesn't always make it into the trades per necessarily, like little you know background stories and essays and things like that. But um, this one, because of the pandemic, they couldn't do things they normally did because comic shops basically shut down for a period of time. And so it gave them the in to do this as a graphic novel. And I, was, I almost said done in one, but this is not a done in one. Because there's more Reckless, right, Andy? Yeah, absolutely. They just released another trade not too long ago, another original graphic novel. And I think they said there's at least three planned, if not more. 
So make sure that if you like today's uh, review, go out to your local comic book shop and pick up Friend of the Devil, which was just released, gosh, a month or two ago. It's a real, real recent book. I mean, you probably find them at the shelves on your local comic book store right now. And again, for those folks that are wondering, here comes your 10 cents synopsis. And I'll try. I will try my hardest not to give away the mystery of this particular book because it is a crime novel it it, it plays out a lot like uh any of those wonderful 70s and 80s crime dramas that you might have watched whether that's uh magnum pi or columbo or you know some of the old dirty harry movies i mean the the this is where you're coming from when you we talk about reckless the story of ethan reckless who was originally an undercover fbi agent trying to uh dig up some dirt on the counterculture back in the late 60s and he falls in love with rainy uh livingston all these names are awesome too Mrs. right livingston i presume and uh, again, he's not supposed to fall in love with her. He was there just to find out the dirt on her brother, Anton, who was a radical. There's an explosion that happens and it messes up Ethan's brain. And he kind of comes, I don't know, kind of stoic. Uh, it's hard to explain, but it definitely messes up his, his brain or whatever. And, and he takes some jobs basically at that point, tracking down people for money, a little bit of a mercenary, a little bit of a gun for hire. It's, it's pretty much being a private detective, to be very honest. And he lives out of a movie theater, an old condemned movie theater, which is kind of awesome. But you call this one number and Ethan Reckless will take care of it for you. And his entire world turns upside down when Rainy mysteriously dies in an explosion after he's hired to find out who stole some money from her. And so the rest of the book is basically Ethan trying to track down his former lover's killer and uh, it takes him uh, into some seedy underbelly of the crime and drug trade and and his former contacts within the fbi and kind of keeps you guessing and to be very honest keeps those pages turning oh man reckless grabs you by the scruff of the throat and doesn't let you go oh yeah you're a page in and you're like whoa (laughs) i'm in neo-noir la yeah, I was a page in, and then I was 70 pages in. I'm like, holy shit, halfway done. I can't remember a book in which I sat down and I said, man, I'll just read the first couple of pages, and ended up reading all, I guess, 140, 142 pages, all in one sitting. R-rated A-team-like vigilante atones for his past and kills a bunch of people with a hatchet. But this time, it's personal. <laughs> Oh, but you gotta love all the names in this. And I think that was my favorite part, too, is, like, everybody has an awesome name. Whether Ed Brubaker did it on purpose or not, like... It was ironic for me because the names, while they were cool, like Ethan Reckless, really, so many of these characters are just tropes of, like, 70s and 80s detective shows. Like, okay, you had the, the detective, you had the dame that walks back into his life, you had the brother... You know, you had the fuzz and, you know, they're all just tropes here, but they get really cool names like Donovan Rush, which is actually Ethan's alias when he was undercover with the FBI. Nobody's named Donovan. It's a hippie name. (laughs) There was a there was a hippie singer called Donovan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The mellow yellow guy. 
And the hurly gurly man. I think he sang that one. The hurly gurly, hurly gurly man. <laughs> Black like when you need it. And it's so true. Like, nobody names their kid Donovan. <laughs> That's just it. And and not only that, but like it's amazing how well the art works in this particular book. I don't know if you guys caught it, but like I could totally believe that Ethan Reckless was played by a late 70s, early 80s Robert Redford. Like he has that bleach blonde hair, suntanned beach look to him. He's just a tall drink of water for sure. He's worn out just enough, but still dangerous. If they were going to make this movie today, this would definitely go to like a, a Josh Brolin sort of channeling that laid back CIA dude from the Sicario s- series. There you go, but more beach bum. Yeah. Well, no, they remember he's, he's walking around when they're torturing that guy in, in Tiva sandals. <laughs> <laughs> it's an amazing book. And he, I mean, and everything just works, uh, to be very honest. Like, the, you know, he drives a rockin' you know 70s custom van but doesn't have any art on it it's just like again again it's one of those vw bands he lives in a freaking movie theater he's like oh i don't want you know my assistant to play movies here because you know the punks will come in and rip it up this is a this is a holy temple you know to my old knight of the honor or whatever i think it's like everything that you wanted out of this particular (laughs) decade of private detective I don't know. Everything works. I don't know how else to say it. Yeah, that was a nice little uh, deep cut. Night of Hunter. Great Robert Mitchum movie. There's Sean Phillips drawing Robert Mitchum on the big screen in one of the in one of the panels, which is it's just the tension to detail in this book that just gets me again. Well, what gets me? And so I, I don't have the 70s, 80s movie background that you guys might have. But Ethan Reckless is basically Wolverine. You know, this is everything that worked about wolverine whenever i was growing up his memory's spotty he doesn't have a lot of feelings he doesn't have a lot of personal connections but at the same time he has all these people that he used to know you know showing up and either trying to help him or trying to hurt him there's at one point where he has a hatchet and the guy is his opponent has a machete and he just slices his hair he doesn't feel things he's just gonna keep going sort of detached cool that you don't see anymore yeah, I mean, you had mentioned Robert Redford, and I, I said Josh Brolin, but really, this guy is Peter Fonda. He's just he's just got a level of cool that permeates over everything he does. Like I love uh, that scene where he's tr- he's tracking the, the car, and so he goes, "This is an old FBI trick I learned," and he knocks out the he puts a hole in the light so that he can see that the one brake light is brighter than the other, and that's how he can follow at a distance. Yeah. I mean, again, it's like those little things. Like, I would have never even thought of that. But but it makes sense after he says it. And he's like, it's almost like it, somehow Ed Brubaker has, like, some sort of in to this particular world that, like, I, I don't. He's obviously read a lot more than I have or, or watched a lot more, you know, crime movies than even I have. Because he makes everything seem so natural and, and things flow so well. Like, how is he doing this? It almost seems magic. <laughs> Even though we've seen it like a thousand times. He's, he's, yeah. he is repackaging a lot of tropes here, but you don't care. Like, you just. He's, he's definitely read his Elmore Leonard. 
but everything that's in there, you know, he does really well. He has the waitress who's wise. Like you have all these machinations where Ethan's like, all right, here's the plan. I'm going to do this. Oh, I'm getting sloppy. And then the waitress is like, ah, I'm on to you. You don't have enough to blackmail me. I get people in here every day, but it's all those hardened tropes. Uh, it's just so much fun to watch them pull this stuff off. You know, and you get the scenes, you know, where the, the thugs come and try to tell him to, to get lost because he's getting too close to the truth. So he, you know, has to fight basically getting out of the shower or something. <laughs> and he takes run him off. <laughs> he takes a couple in the face. But no, he, he perseveres. And so, again, I I keep going back to this, that like on our particular program, uh, one of the things that we love to do is find comic books to bring folks into the tent. And I say this one does it in spades. If I was to recommend a comic book to somebody tomorrow that has never read a comic book, I wouldn't even go to Marvel or DC. I would recommend this because this plays like a movie. It plays like a TV show. It plays like something that is very, very familiar to pretty much a large part of the um, the, the general populace. And so like, I, I think that uh, from a, a story perspective, from an art perspective, this wins. This wins people over into comic books because again, it's again, I don't know if you guys agree, but it's, I, I think that there's some folks out there that don't know that comics like this exist. They don't. The first thing they think of when they hear the word comics is Superman, Batman. And if it doesn't have those characters, forget it. I was going to say, I'm guilty of that, too. And I've been reading comic books for way too long now. But, you know, the comic books are built on the back. At least American comic books are built on the backs of superheroes. But for Brubaker and Phillips, when they go and do these crime books, which uh, you've been missing the boat for the last 15 years with Criminal, where they take all these same elements... Uh, and build an entire world out of them. You follow this family, you know, through generations, like one chapter after the other. They're all different enough that they're all self-contained, but it's one story that progresses. Um, and like I, I said, while it, it's not high art what they're doing, like this is definitely reminiscent of those old school pulp novels and those old detective shows. But at the same time, they're, they're so masterful in the craft. They just do this all the time. Brubaker and Phillips, they churn these out year after year after year on a consistent basis. It's almost unfair to superhero comics that they can do this as well. Yeah, it is true. I mean, the problem with, you know, for those folks that, that may not know, crime comics were massively popular back in the day. Uh, before the 1950s, when there was the crackdown on comics as being, quote unquote, un-American and destroying our youth in the seduction of the innocent that a lot of people might know crime comics were a massive part of the comic book landscape that along with things like, you know, war comics and romance comics and horror comics and sci-fi comics, uh, superheroes actually played a very, very small part and they actually kind of had to, to retreat into superheroes as a way of telling stories after the seduction of the innocent, because it was the way to play safe, uh, you know, as opposed to places like Europe, where these kind of things continue to go for, for many, many years and grow and, and develop. But yeah, it, it's wonderful to see folks like Brew Baker and Phillips bring back what is honestly a very, very important part 
of the comic book, you know, backstory and, and, and a very important genre uh, in that regard. With books like this, it's almost hard to talk about just because it's so well done. The way you know they play with the mood, the way they play with the characterization and the desperation. And it's just so cool. Like, everything is so damn cool. The guy lives in a movie theater. He has a 1-800 number. He's like Wolverine, but a regular human. Everything is so goddamn cool in this book. To echo Chad, he is just cool. He's got the leather bracelet. He drives the two-tone Dodge. He surfs. He spent a whole year surfing. He made some money on a deal and just spent a year surfing till he had to get some work again. The comic book equivalent to Peter Fonda uh, in Easy Rider. Living the dream of, like, post-Vietnam guy doesn't want any responsibility. Yeah. And he's doing the things that Batman wouldn't do. In each uh, Brubaker book, there's always that one sex scene in there. Oh, that's what you were going after. The one thing that Batman won't do. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because he does oh, yeah. do that in this book. Like, there is not, not according, according to um, Zack Snyder, Batman does do that. It's in canon. Did you see that thing he put on Twitter? Did not see that. <laughs> now, there's a panel of that with Ethan Reckless doing <laughs> it for sure. So if that doesn't pique your interest, I don't know what will. And what hopefully will pique your interest is our ratings of this particular book. Will we be reckless with them? Stay tuned for that right after these commercial breaks. Hey everybody, this is Nerd Bomber here, one of the co-hosts of the Online Warriors podcast. Our weekly podcast started as a way for three friends to keep in touch and discuss their passion for movies, gaming, technology, and entertainment. And since then, we've grown into a fantastic online community. Every Wednesday, we release a new episode discussing the latest nerdy news, and then we go hands-on with our weekly adventures and a fun trivia show. Sound interesting? Check us out on every podcast platform, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts, or hit us up at onlinewarriorspodcast.com. Ladies and gentlemen, a battle for your entertainment. In this corner, Mike the Fanboy Hall! Hi, hi, I'm Mike. And his opponent, Jim the Hater Harris! Hi there, I'm Jim. Our podcast is The Fanboy and the Hater. Where we discuss the best and worst in movies, TV, and pop culture. We are available on all major podcast platforms. Including Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Stitcher, and many more. Join us while we argue about the things that we love. Like Star Wars, superheroes, and science fiction. So tune in to The Fanboy and the Hater. And... Let's get ready to nerd fight! Alright, we're back with more of The Last Comic Shop, and it is now time for our ratings. Where it would be a crime if we didn't give you a 1 out of 4 scale for our particular uh, comic that we're reviewing. And uh, again, Ed Brubaker, Sean Phillips, even though we gushed for gosh knows like 20 minutes about this book already... Uh, we're going to do the formality of actually giving it a formal rating. So, J.A., uh, as always, you like to give us with an interesting way to rate our book every single week. So, 
Uh, what are we rating Reckless? Oh, this is just a beautiful throwback to uh, those pulp magazines and comics from the, the 40s and the 50s and, and that genre. So we're going to do it. We're going to – one out of four pulp magazines. Accent on pulp. So orange juice. It's a st- <laughs> Stuff that in contains pulp. It'll be fine. Good luck with that sounder. <laughs> well, that was what you got. So uh, I hope you enjoyed it. In any case, uh, I hope you enjoy Chad Smith. He's going to give us his rating first. So uh, Pulp Magazines, Chad, one out of four. How many are you giving Reckless? Oh, this is definitely four, four magazines. Uh, I, I said it before. This is simultaneously like trashy art but it's done so well you, you can't help but give them full credit on all fronts from the the script to the cool characters to the the colors even everything about this book you know the art everything is so cool i love it four out of four all right uh ja your rating yeah i'm gonna echo chad it's four out of four pulp magazine and something that chad mentioned but i don't think we nearly talked enough about is the beautiful coloring by jacob phillips it has this painterly quality it's not in the lines it goes over it's it's splash dash there's some great scenes uh, like where he's recounting how he dropped lsd and it's all psychedelic and, and oranges and reds and then other times it's very gray and minimal that it it really captures the scene of that like looking at faded out you know uh exploitation flick from the 70s in a in a dime store theater well i gotta agree i think this is the first time in quite a while that we're all giving this book a four out of four so yeah and and, and uh, again as i mentioned earlier in the fact that on the last comic shop, one of the things I love is bringing folks into the comic book tent that may not be interested in comic books uh, because they're just not interested in superheroes. Here you go, folks. Go pick up Reckless by uh, Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips, and it will open your eyes to what I've been telling you all this time, which there's a comic book for everyone. You don't have to like The Incredible Hulk to like comic books. If you like crime mysteries, if you like noir stuff and 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 even just kind of throwbacks to, uh, you know, retro 70s, 80s kitsch, then, you know, Reckless is going to be right up your alley, you know, and it is good summer reading. Like, that's the other thing. Like, this is a perfect book to take out on that beach this summer. You know, you, you can pick it up, you can put it down. Uh, the lot of the pages are, are sometimes full page spreads. I think there's even one of basically Ethan Reckless just putting fuel into his car, uh, which still makes that look cool. <laughs> that says enough about how awesome this book is. If somebody filling up their gas tank still makes for an interesting dynamic scene, then then kudos to this uh, creative team. And and I won't lie. That if you think for a a second that I'm not going to run out tomorrow and pick up some of the other books that this particular team has made over the years, you're you're crazy. Uh, I was just looking, you know, in the back of Reckless, they had all this list of not only Criminal, but all the other books that he did. And uh, which one's the one with the Cowboys, Chad? Because that one looked awesome. I wanted to pick that one. That was Pulp. That one came out in uh, 2019, I want to say. 
Ah. But that, that cover with like classic looking uh, lonely uh, gunslinger uh, with his big 10 gallon hat, you know, looking over a prairie, man, it just looked awesome. And if I get the same thing with that book that I got in Reckless, man, oh man, am I going to love that? I'm just going to eat that up with a spoon. So yeah, four out of four. Go pick it up today. You need to. You should. It is summer reading. Also, too, we, we mentioned how quick of a read it is. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was halfway through the book before I even had to turn over uh, on the side, too, of my uh, Heart Dreamboat Annie LP, which, by the way, perfect melding of soundtrack while I was reading. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, if you want to find some other easy reads, uh, here comes some recommendations. As always on The Last Comic Shop, we like to give you other comic books that you can pick up at your local comic book store. In addition to Reckless by Sean Phillips and Ed Brubaker. Yep. We like to offer you something similar, something recent, and something maybe a bit out of left field to uh, spark your reading habits. And I believe, Chad, you have the uh, something similar this week. Yeah, we've talked about it before, but my recommendation is Criminal. All of Criminal. Uh, it's been coming out since 2006. It's by Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. They have a variety of colorists uh, they bring on along the way. But the cool thing about Criminal is not only are they really badass crime stories, there are also elements of Criminal that are uh, homages to other genres of the 70s. For example, The Last of the Innocent is almost like an Archie comic. And so you have pages that are drawn in an Archie comic style. Uh, there was one point with Criminal where they released a magazine similar to the old Shang-Chi uh, magazines of the 70s. Um, and they do that stuff all the time. But if you see Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips, each different arc, while it is part of one contained story, you can read each individual trade on its own. It's still going to make sense. It's still going to be awesome. But uh, there's something, if you're into those crime books, you know, they always have that little bit extra, whether it's the Archie homage, whether it's the Shang-Chi homage, or whether it's just really badass crime books. You can't go wrong with Criminal. The only crime with Criminal is that it's not a series yet on your Netflixes or your Amazons or whatever, because that should definitely be a thing. All right. And uh, I'm going to go up next with our kind of out of left field pick for this week. But I think it actually fits very well. I know that on some of the previous shows, we've talked a lot about a particular artist named Alex Toth. Uh, I recommended a book uh, a, a couple months ago by him uh, when he did a crime comic called Torpedo, which is all about Prohibition-era uh, gangsters. But uh, there's a fantastic collection of Alex Toth's work from the pages of the classic horror magazine creepy and eerie the actual book is called creepy uh the best of alex toth it is just some absolutely wonderful wonderful stuff for those folks that may not know much about alex toth uh you may know him as the guy that came up with the visual design of the hanna-barbera superhero space ghost so if you've ever watched any of the old cartoons or even Space Ghost Coast to Coast, Alex Toast, the guy that came up with what Space Ghost looked like. And to see him actually do these kind of horror and crime-related comic books, uh, very dark, even sci-fi, that, that fill the pages of creepy and eerie, it's just... 
eye-opening as to the kind of depth that this particular artist had. And uh, there are some really, really wonderful stories in here written by some really great folks as well. Uh, a lot of stories in this collection uh, done by the uh, legendary Archie Goodwin, uh, who wrote a lot of stuff for Marvel and DC over the years, uh, as well as actual stories written by Alex Toth himself. And uh, I think one of my favorite ones in this particular volume is uh, a story called Phantom of Pleasure Island. And uh, don't let that name fool you. Uh, it's actually just a straight-up crime noir story in which Alex Toth makes the main character, this private detective, look like Humphrey Bogart in every single scene. So it's just like basically getting a Humphrey Bogart comic book because he, he really taps into all of those classic Philip Marlowe, Big Sleep, uh, Key Largo, uh, Maltese Falcon, all those great movies that Humphrey Bogart has become so synonymous for. It's a really wonderful book, and uh, most of the stories are only six to ten pages. So it's a really great one to kind of read, you know, in between other comic books that you might have. So, yeah, if you have an opportunity to pick up Creepy Presents Alex Toth, the definitive collection of Alex Toth stories from Creepy and Eerie, from Dark Horse Books, I would highly recommend it. Uh, so, J.A., you've got our current book this week, right? Yes. Uh, the current book this week was originally published first issue in July of 2019. Uh, was a 12-issue run, has now been collected into a three sets of graphic novels. Uh, and it is Blade Runner 2019, which uh, if you like your noir and sci-fi combined, then this is for you. Uh, this tells the story of a, a veteran Blade Runner, Detective Ash, who is tracking down a kidnapped child on the streets of L.A. and then goes off-world, and then replicants start coming out of the woodwork, and uh, the detective has some secrets in her own past that come to light. It's really well done series by the writers Michael Green and Mike Johnson. Michael Green was the screenwriter for Blade Runner 2049. So they know a thing or two about this universe. With art by Andres uh, Ginaldo, he did some Justice League Dark and Captain America. Put out by Titan Comics, by the way. Maybe something we review later in the year. I don't know. Oh, well, yeah. Well, you, you do like the Philip K. Dick. I know that on a uh, previous show, you did the uh, comic book adaptation of uh, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep. Is it very similar to that book? You feel like it's a little bit different or? Well, it's it's more taking off of the the Ridley Scott movie adaptation of the Philip K. Dick story so it's following along with uh, what ridley scott did and the original harrison ford movie and then the subsequent sequel to that but you know obviously they all draw direct lineage from the original novel so all right so a lot of great crime related comic books on today's program for sure it is a terrific subgenre of comic books and we hope you check out all of them whether that you like the original uh, crime noir comic books whether you like the 70s 80s kind of crime stuff or even like the future stuff like the the blade runner it's all wonderful stuff and uh, if you like us covering these kind of programs make sure that you rate review and subscribe 
on all of your favorite podcasting platforms, such as Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, CastBox, etc. And you can also find us on social media to continue the conversation. On Twitter and Instagram, we're at Last Comic Shop. On the web, we're at www.lastcomicshoppodcast.com. And on Facebook, even, it's Last Comic Shop Podcast. And if you like the show, make sure that you help us out by leaving a five-star review and your comments. Man, we love to hear from our fans out there. So if there was anything in this particular program that, that caught you, you know, uh, you know, whether it's uh, you have some recommendations for awesome crime-related comic books or other things that Ed Brubaker's written or maybe even Sean Phillips have drawn, uh, make sure that you leave them. You know, you can find us on that social media. You can leave us those comments, and uh, we'll be definitely looking out for them. And after rating and following and whatnot, what else can folks get on that tremendous website, J.A.? Well, they can get some fantastic board shorts this week at our merchandise site. That's right. The perfect thing to go surfing after a day of killing people with an axe. Just get your board shorts on. That's right. We've got t-shirts. We've got sweatshirts. We've got beer koozies and the aforementioned surfing paraphernalia. Good. One place where you probably won't find your surfing paraphernalia, but you might find copies of Reckless. You might find copies of things like Blade Runner or Criminal or Creepy Presents is your local comic shop. While we might be the last comic shop podcast, we don't want to actually be the last comic shop. So it's important for you to support those places. If you're not sure where your local comic shop might be or if you're looking for a different one, you could go to the comic shop locator, www.comicshoplocator.com and find some cool stuff, uh, crime-related or otherwise. And until next week, I'm the host with the most, Andy Larson, and I was joined by Jay Scott and Chad Smith. And remember to stay safe, stay sheltered, and remember it would be criminal to enlist next week's show. And if you do, we'll have to get one of those private detectives after you. Guys, well, who's your favorite private detective from the 70s, 80s? Uh, I'd go with Hunter. Oh, Fred Dreyer? Oh, night. Fred Dreyer, baby. He used to be a football player. That's and, me. And me. I'll go Starsky and Hutch just because they had that video game in 2000s where you could drive and shoot. Not just hit. drive, not just shoot. Drive and shoot. All right. I got to say Hardcastle and McCormick because come on. Who doesn't want to be awesome like Hardcastle? I'm surprised he didn't show up in this Reckless book. That's another awesome name. Hardcastle. Drive! <laughs> Driving like the demon that drives your dreams. The last comic shop was a 2021 Black Angus production.